Welcome to It's Personal, Real Impact Requires Real Truth, the podcast where women business owners come to uncover the real truth about what it takes to use your adversity as your superpower to create the impact you're put on this earth to create. If you like real talk, real truth, and big impact, get ready to go deep with me, your host, business coach, TEDx speaker, and profitable, happy CEO, Carrie Coe. Welcome, truth seekers. It's about to get real. Hey, truth seekers. So do you know what you are bringing to the table? Do you really, really know what you are the authority in? I'm here to challenge your thinking around this authority piece. But first, a little bit of truth telling because, you know, that's why we're here. So I had this episode planned and I thought, oh, well, this is easy. Like my entire tagline of my business is monetize your authority. I truly believe that is the path to, to bigger impact. But I found myself feeling stuck. Like what angle am I taking? You know, the goal with this podcast is to really get down to the layer of the deeper truth. It's not about giving you step-by-step strategies. It's not about giving you the same type of content I give you inside of the Profitable Happy CEO Facebook group or even on my Instagram. What this is really about is to challenge your thinking so that you can create the impact that you want to create. And so in challenging my own thinking, I totally got in my head. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, what is my authority? Right. After like multiple six figure business, tipping the scales to seven figures, I'm like questioning my own authority. Why do we do that? The issue that I was having was that I was not seeing for a moment what they call in the TEDx world, your red thread. That is that authority thread that weaves throughout your life experiences, those results that you have. And it's not about what you're creating in your business. It's not about your training, your certifications, your education. It has nothing to do with that. It's a deeper level of truth, that inner knowing that you know why you are the one who's best positioned to create the impact that you're put on this world to create. You know, we have to articulate it in order to monetize it, right? But in that articulation, one of the most important things that we have to understand is that your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. And most people take a high level approach. They gloss over the things that are where the gold lives. And when I start working with people, one of the first things we do is we just talk. We talk about their authority. I listen to all of the results that they have ever experienced outside their business and inside their business. I listen for the things they're not saying, and we create their authority line. In that authority line, that creates their messaging. And so people overcomplicate messaging. And the reason they do that is because they're not owning the actual real authority that's allowing them to be different, to stand out in a crowd. And the fact of the matter is sometimes owning our authority, it feels a little uncomfortable at first, right? It feels a little like self-promoting. And that's why so many people defer their authority by buying other people's strategies, by just doing what their coach is doing and copying that and being a little, you know, mini version of their coach because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable owning and saying we're different 
because inherently we all want to belong. We have this inherent human need to feel this sense of belonging. And when we separate ourselves from the crowd, that's putting ourselves in this uncomfortable position. That's creating pain, right? And most humans want to avoid pain. If you are ready to attract and close dream high ticket clients online consistently without icky cold outreach and no exhausting launches, then head on over to monetizeyourauthority.com. That's monetizeyourauthority.com to get started. Okay, back to the show. And so we're going to really look at how you own your authority so that you feel safe in your own sense of belonging so that we get out of survival mode because let's face it, survival mode is most people's comfort zone. It's how we live. A lot of people live paycheck to paycheck or in, in their business, their feast or famine, or if it's not a monetary survival mode, they're like working themselves to death in survival mode just to get to the end, whatever that end looks like just to get to that future. And so when we find your authority thread, you can sit back and really relax into the knowing that you are here in your specific authority to do something different. And you get to tap into that creativity for what that difference looks like. So I'm just going to share with you the process that I went through to prepare for this episode. And sometimes the gold is in the preparation. And just so you know, like when I'm doing these podcast episodes, I have like a, a topic and then I do a little bit of a meditation. I just sit in my own energy and I really think about, you know, what's most important. I really think about my deepest level of truth. And what happens is all the uncomfortable stuff comes up, right? When we are like, go in with the intention of like, what is my deepest level of truth? We're like, oh crap, there it is. <laughs> and then we have to deal with it. Right. And so even like the act of creating a podcast has been such a growth opportunity and I have loved it. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you a little bit of behind the scenes for how I really articulated my authority thread. And I'm going to show you how to do that as well. Because I think it's that real life process that helps people, right? It's not the step-by-step -step stuff. It's like, okay, what does this really look like when you do this? So I had someone challenge me to say, so what are 10 results you're proud of? What are 10 results that you are proud of in your life? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I need to think about that, right? Because most of the time when we think about our results, we think about, how much money we've made, how many people we've impacted. We look at, I did this great thing. I got this certification. I, you know, climbed the ladder to this point, right? But that's not where your authority lies. And so when you ask yourself, what are the 10 things in my life that I am so proud of? You're going to start to see your authority thread become visible. And so I'm going to show you what that looks like. So this morning, as I was preparing, I was thinking about, okay, where do I start? What are the 10 things? Okay. So when I first started, I was thinking about, okay, let's look at career, right? So I went to grad school for healthcare administration. I was a kinesiology undergrad. Literally the first business course I ever took was in grad school. And after college, I was a ski bum. Like I literally left college moved to Aspen, Colorado, 
and I skied for three years and I partied and I had like the time of my life. It was like so much fun. It's one of those, those times, like in your early twenties, like you could never do it again, or you're going to be like the, you know, 50 year old drunk at the end of the bar, which is never cool. (laughs) But like in my early twenties, it was so much fun living in this amazing, beautiful place with zero responsibility. I mean, I did work, but you know, skiing and apres skiing and meeting new people and doing all the things. It was amazing. Right. But then, you know, as all things go, we have to make some choices to set ourselves up. And so I ended up going to grad school for healthcare administration. The reason I did that is a whole nother story I'm not going to go into, but when I look at the results, so once you go to grad school for healthcare administration, the next step that most people take is you can get a fellowship. A lot like, you know, fellowships in medical training, this is on the administrative side. Well, it's not a lot like It's just an extension. It's a one to two year extension on the training you've done in grad school. So I applied to all these fellowships and it was crazy. I kept getting all of these fellowships across the country, like famous places in the healthcare world, places that are world renowned in the healthcare world. I even canceled an interview at Yale because I had already accepted something. But I remember the one place I got, which was the most prestigious place is where I actually did my fellowship. I was runner up. So I remember I was in Texas doing an interview and I got a call and they're like, we loved you, you're runner up. And I immediately was triggered by my not good enough, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, here I am second runner up. That's not good enough. And I was totally getting down on myself, even though I had literally just been accepted at two other top fellowship programs in the country and had, you know, canceled another top one who wanted me to come in. And so, you know, throughout my career, I was like, wow, I chose that not good enough story because I was runner up and actually ended up completing a fellowship at the most prestigious place in the country. And when I look back at that result, I was literally a ski bum (laughs) for three years while all of my colleagues were off working in hospitals somewhere. And I got accepted to grad school. The fact that I got accepted is beyond me because I didn't have any experience. My essay didn't talk about anything about healthcare. Like I was a ski bum. And then I got every interview possible that I applied for in those fellowships And I remember my fellowship director is like, wow, I can't believe you got all these fellowships. That's insane. And he kept telling everybody, I was like, dude, stop. Like, why are you so surprised? He's like, well, you were a ski bum. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. And I didn't get these fellowships and all the interviews and all the yeses and didn't go to the best fellowship in the country because I was so book smart. It was because I was people smart. It was because I honestly, in hindsight, didn't really want to be a healthcare executive. (laughs) That's another story. And so I just talked. I just connected with people. I talked to them like they were human. That's how I interviewed. I just told them the truth. And suddenly, these places were clamoring to have me as part of their program. That is a massive result that I had undervalued 
because I focused on the not good enough because I was runner up at the place I ended up going to, right? And after that, after my fellowship, I ended up negotiating to stay on at this organization. And I had the highest paying job of any fellowship trainee that had stayed on. I knew my worth. I set the standard for the types of jobs that people who graduated from this fellowship got. I went straight into the director level position. I negotiated a salary that normally they would never give a fellow coming out. So when we look at this, there is a thread. And then I was like, okay, what's the thread? I kind of know the thread. What's another win? What's another thing? And this one is kind of embarrassing. I was homecoming queen. (laughs) It's embarrassing because it's something that like, I'm so not the homecoming queen type. Like I was a tomboy. I was an athlete. Like I was not the queenie type. Okay. Like didn't know how to like cross my legs in a dress type thing, you know? And, but it wasn't about, you know, the crown, which as an aside, I literally lost within an hour of it being placed on my head, but it was about being kind to everyone. It was about no matter someone's status, I was inclusive. I valued inclusivity and being kind above all else as a high schooler. And that's something I'm really proud of. And I know that's why I'm I'm triggered when I feel excluded or someone else is excluded, like, because inclusivity is such an important value for me. And so when I look at that thread, I look at homecoming queen and why I was, I look at having negotiated the highest paying job. I look at why I got all these yeses to these prestigious organizations that ended up going to the best one. It's the authority thread of knowing my worth and creating human to human connection. It's human first. And this is why I have been so successful in business because I don't see clients as clients. I see clients as humans and I know how to make a human feel heard and seen so that we can draw out the best of them. I know how to create a program that's for people who want to be part of something bigger, who want to feel that feeling of inclusion, who don't want to just be a number. That's my authority thread through these random wins, through these random results. But keep going. You guys don't stop at three. So when I kept going, I began to look at the personal side a little bit deeper. And I realized how proud I was of how we handled the experience of my son being born with a rare muscle disease and living in the hospital for five months. And the thing that I'm most proud of is something I always gave credit to my husband and I never took credit for myself. And that is that we created joy and laughter in the most insanely stressful life and death situation. Like literally you guys, every single day, we did not know if this was the day that Elliot was going to die. And I know that sounds crazy and I know it sounds sad, but I'm here to tell you that, yes, it was crazy and sad, but what we focused on was experiences. We focused on being in the moment and making sure he was loved and felt dignity and that we were creating this joy in this room around him because we knew he felt our energy. And so we broke all of the rules. We snuck him home with some brave respiratory therapists. We had a photo shoot I was able to have a normal moment with my son who lived in the NICU by taking him home for just 
and couple out. Literally, it was like two hours. And I held him in the rocking chair, in the nursing chair that I was never able to use. And it was the most memorable feeling. Like I can feel it in my chest right now, that expansion, that like, just like, oh, I'm going to cry thinking about it because it was so powerful. And when I say your adversity is your superpower, this is what I mean. It is your authority thread that comes out of how you handle adversity, those lessons that you create that serve other people. And so I kept going when I was looking at these results. I was like, okay, so what other results have I had? I was an advocate for a palliative care program when I was a healthcare executive. And little did I know that we would be in palliative care with my son. For those of you who don't know what palliative care is, it's a program that focuses on quality of life over extending the life. And I am not the expert here, but it it usually is for people with diagnoses that will progressively get worse or their life will, if it is extended, it will it will not be a quality of life. And so when my son was born with a rare muscle disease, all the stats pointed to like this kid will not live beyond its second birthday. What do we want that experience to look like? And so I had learned about palliative care in my professional world. And suddenly I found myself in that decision in my personal life. And after we created this palliative care experience that was full of joy. And like, I met so many beautiful, amazing angels through that palliative care program through the support of like, what do we want this life of his to look like? You know, how do we walk into this NICU every single day and ask, how can we make this day the best day for Elliot? That is the way we brought joy to an experience. And so when I discovered the joy in palliative care and what it could be in a situation that people don't want to think about, people don't want to talk about, they don't think it's ever going to happen to them, and they don't want to even support it because it's just a hard topic, right? Like there's other things to talk about (laughs) other than death. We as a society do not talk about death well. But after Elliot passed away, the donations started flooding in. And this is something I was also surprised at. Apparently when someone dies, like, because we don't know what to do, we want to contribute to a cause and and it's a beautiful thing. And so we had all of this money that we gave to the hospital and we positioned that money to set up a palliative care room for families. And this is one of the things I'm most proud of. It is a room for families whose babies will never leave the NICU, or maybe they're there for a very extended period of time. And it's a hospital room that has all the necessary hookups and and medical equipment, but it has a queen size bed. It has a proper couch. It's decorated like a room in your home. And so that allowed families to just lay with their babies with all their wires and tubes. It was something we wanted so badly in the NICU, those moments of normalcy. And it, it makes me cry thinking about it. It's one of the things that's so meaningful and it's not a revenue producing thing for the hospital. It's a quality thing. It's a, it's a focus on how we bring quality to people who are suffering in the greatest suffering moment that most of us can imagine. And so walking into that room, I just cried. I thought this is what we wanted. And when I look at this thread, 
when I look at the thread of like how my healthcare experience informed my personal experience, how I was told I was a good leader all the time in healthcare, those external accolades were there all of the time. And physicians would come into my office just to talk. You know, I'd, I'd have people coming in telling me what a great leader I was, all the things, right? But it was because I had the sense of approachability. It was because I listened. It was because I drew out their greatest ideas. So what is the red thread through all of this? Experience, fun, adversity. Like we can go through hard things and have an experience that we get to choose of fun, of possibility, of doing for others that thing that we wanted done for us. We get to do it for others. And how cool is that? We get to pave the path for other people's desires so that everyone wins. And so when I looked at these threads that came out, knowing my worth, creating that human to human connection, really seeing the joy and the adversity and the lessons and how we can help other people, paving the path for other people's desires, I see so clearly why I'm so damn good at what I do. <laughs> and you will too. And this is what I want you to, to know is that forget the messaging thing. Everyone's like, what's my messaging? Don't worry about your messaging. Worry about your authority. Draw out your authority thread so you can feel in your bones what makes you different, why you created the program you created. I created a program that gives people what I wanted when it took me years to get where I am. I help people do that in 90 days because I understood this authority thread and I understood the importance of helping people feel safe, being vulnerable, of, of helping people have fun, even when the journey feels like it's not working, of helping people know their worth and treating each other with respect. It's not about your certifications, your years of experience. None of that matters. The authority thread matters. So what is your authority thread? Know what you are bringing to the table. And I promise you, you will feel so much momentum in creating the impact that you are meant to create. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. What is your authority thread? What do you see as that thing that emits all those experiences, it all makes sense. It all is leading you to creating the impact that you are absolutely meant to create. All right, guys, hop on over to Instagram and just share your thoughts with me. I love to hear your feedback, Carrie underscore E underscore co and get out there, monetize your authority by finding that authority thread. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow so you can get notified when I drop a new episode and share it with a friend and head on over to monetizeyourauthority.com if you are ready to increase your impact with big revenue and big shifts. And hey, let's hang out. Come on over to my Facebook group, Profitable Happy CEO, or follow me on Instagram at Carrie underscore E underscore Co. See you there. <laughs>